This week, our trip to the Amana colonies in Iowa and how is inflation impacting American travel? This is the RV Miles Podcast. This summer, L.L. Bean invites you to simply step outside and enjoy the fresh air and sunshine. We'll be your guide with tips and advice to get more out of every moment outdoors. Here's one. On your next camping trip, turn a headlamp into a lantern in five seconds. Strap the headlamp around an empty clear water bottle or milk jug and turn it on. The soft white light will brighten up a tent. For more fun ideas, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com guide. Welcome to episode number 248 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our three boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, have been crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip since 2016. Here at RV Miles, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from industry news to travel destinations, our national parks, and so much more. I wanted to kick off the show today with a survey from the folks at Passport Photo Online. They sent us over a press release on this, and it's a, a survey of a thousand Americans that they did that is about the effects of inflation on American travel. Obviously, inflation has been going up for some time now, and uh, it's going to impact travel in certain ways. Um, but it's not always as obvious as you might think. So instead of it being people cutting travel in general across the board, maybe they're making different choices about travel. So they put this survey together and I thought it had some uh, some interesting findings. So first of all, 72% of vacationers are likely or very likely to further cut back on travel in 2022 and beyond if inflation persists and costs continue to rise. 85% of Americans had to seek alternative means of transportation when traveling this year due to higher airfares. So this is one area where maybe not more RVs out there, but more road trip travel in general, more people traveling by car because of the cost of airfare. So even though fuel prices are on the rise, right. there, there might be still a lot of people on the roads because they don't want to pay the airline costs. Well, not to mention the inconsistency with the airline whether or not your flight is even going yeah. to happen is quite a stressor. I think nobody wants on their vacation. Yes. And there is good news on the fuel front. I think fuel has gone down. The national average last I checked was down about a dollar 12 over its high, which I think was set back in May, maybe. Um, so that's, you know, that's a significant drop. If fuel prices are still high, but I think uh, it's eased a lot of concerns of travelers that were sort of starting to think about canceling some trips. Yeah, we're on the lower end of the threes in Davenport right now, yeah. which was a really nice thing to see. I think it was like 324 at Costco. Yeah, 88% of vacation goers were muscled to downgrade their vacation plans due to inflation and soaring prices. 96% still plan to go on vacation in 2022. So that's, that's sort of like the real big number number, right? Um, that uh, right. everybody still plans on going somewhere. So <laughs> They've all still kept those reservations. They're just figuring out a different way to do it. So they also identified sort of the top eight cost cutting measures that people have taken. Um, so over 50% of travelers have taken each one of these cost cutting measures to help 
ease the cost of taking a trip. Number one is traveling shorter distances. So we've seen that a lot in the RV travel space where some of the really remote long distance places are seeing a a lot fewer people mm-hmm. like Yellowstone. Um, there are a lot of factors there, but I think people are staying closer to home in general, taking fewer trips, picking more budget friendly destinations. So instead of going to New York City, you know, you might be going to Omaha. Memphis or something, <laughs> Omaha, right? Um, spending less on dining. And that's a, a big plus for RVing, of course, because you're traveling with the kitchen, uh, staying in more affordable accommodations cutting down on activities, making the stays shorter and opting for destinations that are closer to home. So those those last couple ones are similar to the early ones. So but really, it seems to be like it's really about not going as far and traveling a little bit less and just cutting down on things like dining. And you can still do cool activities, but spending a little bit less money on splurges that you might have taken before. Hiking is a very cheap way to enjoy an area that you are visiting. And I know that a lot of us uh, still complain about the rising cost of campgrounds. But when you think about it, it still remains the cheapest way to travel up against hotel stays, Airbnb, Verbo, even just getting a cabin or a, a yurt at a campground can be somewhere between $75 to $100 more a night depending on the location, depending on the amenities, than just getting a campground. So as we have seen everything go up in cost and RVing has gone up in cost as well, it still continues to remain one of the most affordable ways to get out on the road and have a vacation. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about a very affordable option. In fact, the park we're staying at is a private park that it's full hookups that is still only $40 a night. Who knew that even existed (laughs) anymore? Lots of great entertainment opportunities abound in this area or near the Amana Colony. So I'm excited to talk about this stuff. Uh, But first, I want to remind everybody that our book is on Mm pre-order. If you are interested in getting the National Parks Journal for Kids, it's really aimed at the ages from like six to nine. And it's a journal for exploring four national parks of your choice. It's not any specific park. And uh, it's available on Amazon right now. We'll put a link in the description for this episode. You can pre-order it for $9.99. It comes out officially at the end of August. Yes. And a lot of people have asked, and I don't think we've actually addressed it here on the podcast. So just really, really quick. We have been teasing for a while that we were going to be having an RV Miles meetup in November, and it was going to be out west. Well, unfortunately, the campground that we were working with, like so many other places across the country, is running into supply issues. So they have had to push their opening, their grand opening of this campground back. I think they've had to push it back now to December, which makes that no longer possible for us, given our schedule, to be able to host a meetup up out west around the Thanksgiving time, which is really disappointing. And we were hoping we would be able to make something work. And the campground feels awful, but they have or had much needed electrical parts sitting on cargo ships that just couldn't get to them in time to allow them to continue with their opening on schedule. So we are exploring new options and figuring out a way for 2023 that we can all come together as a community. So again, if you're interested in joining us in 2023, head over to rvmiles.com slash mailing list, join our mailing list there. And that group of individuals will be the first to know when we do get something settled for 2023. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Amana Colonies, which is 
a place that I should have known a lot more about <laughs> since it's like an hour 15 from my hometown. We'll be right back. <laughs> Chances are you've seen them on the road. That's because Blue Ox designs and manufactures the best towing products in the industry. Just look around. You'll find them on highways and campgrounds and anywhere you find people traveling in the great outdoors. Award-winning tow bars, base plates, and brakes. A full line of weight distributing hitches. Adjustable ball mounts and a new line of fifth wheel hitches. With Blue Ox, towing doesn't have to be a drag. To learn more about how Blue Ox can make your travel adventures even more stress-free, visit blueox.com. You know what it's like, chilling at the campground and then you catch the delicious scent of something good on your neighbor's grill. You'd follow suit, but the idea of grilling over a fire pit or lugging out the bulky outdoor stove is just too exhausting. That's where Otzi Grills comes in. Otzi Grills pack completely flat for easy RV storage, and when it's time to cook, the interlocking design is super quick and easy to assemble. Otzi Grills are self-contained and fueled by charcoal or wood. Available in three sizes, made in the USA with high-quality, durable steel, Otzi Grills are built to fit all your camp cooking needs. Otzi is offering RV Miles listeners 10% off when you visit otzigear.com and use promo code RVMILES at checkout, all one word. That's otzigear, O-T-Z-I, gear.com, promo code RVMILES. Get cooking today with Otzi Gear Flat Pack Grills. We're back and it's time to talk about the Amana Colony. So the Amana Colonies are in sort of the Iowa City, Cedar Rapids area. And the Amana Colonies are seven villages on 26,000 acres near Iowa City and Cedar Rapids, right off I-80. So it's real convenient to get to. The villages were built and settled by German religious refugees who were persecuted by the German state government and the Lutheran Church. They first settled in New York around Buffalo in what's now the town of West Seneca, but seeking more isolated surroundings, they moved to Iowa all the way back in 1856. Yeah, that so seems here right. <laughs> in Iowa, they lived a communal life until 1932 for 80 years. Wow. The Manic Colonies maintain an almost completely self-sufficient local economy, importing very little from the outside world, using traditional farming practices, using horses, wind and water power, and they made their own furniture, their own clothes, all the goods that they needed, they made here. And you can still find a lot of that tradition here. So that's really, really cool to see here. Today, the seven villages of Amana are a tourist attraction known for their restaurants and craft shops, which is what we saw and what you'll get to yes, see when you're here. We did. We saw a <laughs> lot of restaurants, wineries, and craft shops. So let's talk about the campground we're staying at first sure. before we head over to the tourist area. So we are staying at the Amana RV Resort and Event Center. So this is like we mentioned, $40 a night for full hookups. Super affordable. Super pricing. affordable. But let's let's also be honest about what this is. This is a big open grassy area where they do the campsites where it's like uh, a long camp pads, but they'll put two onto those camp pads, like, you know, butt to yeah. butt. And so it's low amenities in which I prefer, you know, yes, very, but we, it also has laundry here. Yeah. It has bath houses. It has a really nice office. It's, you know, it's got all of those things that you need. I think they even have Wi-Fi in some capacity. Oh, it looks, I mean, we haven't tried it, but there are Wi-Fi towers all over the park. Yes. So they have all of those things. It's just, it's a no frills camping site. And that no frills. said, it's 
actually pretty serene here. It is it's a big open quiet. grassy area. You're close enough to the main road to have access, but not to hear it. Mm -hmm. You're surrounded by farmland. So we got some uh, beautiful views of the farmland. I got some awesome photos of some red-tailed hawks that were flying through here. There's corn everywhere. There's lots of corn. We'll talk more about that when we get to our tanks. But we are surrounded <laughs> by corn. And what has been really lovely about being here is the night sky has been stunning yeah yeah last it's night, been a long yeah. time since we saw stars oh my goodness the big dipper last night was hanging so low in the sky just kind of perfectly over our rig it was beautiful i mean but and it's so clear this it's just it's really really lovely to see that so what it lacks in the the frills i guess it really does make up for in its environment and its simplicity and just it's sort of you're at the campground. Yeah. And it, it is close enough to the the sort of main shopping area of the Amana colonies to I, to ride a bike to. Um, mm -hmm. It's a little bit far to walk to, but it's a you know easy two minute drive to get there. It's, yeah. it's nothing at all. So you're very, very close, easy access. I would say, too, that I could also see this being a really, really difficult park to be in at the, the heat of summer. Or coming into the beginning or end of the shoulder season of camping because it is wide open spaces. There are no trees here. There's really no shade to be had. So you're just you're getting that summer sun constantly. Yeah. But also, I'm sure the biting winds that come through here. I don't know how late this campground is open, but as we all know in the Midwest, like it's summer. And then it's not summer anymore. And basically winter is here. You get a very small little window for fall. And then that cold wind just like kicks in. So those are just kind of some things to keep in mind. There's not much here sheltering you from the elements. Uh, but again, uh, we've really enjoyed our stay here. It was really brief. We've only been here about two or three days. It seems to be a lovely place to hold a rally. Oh, Something it? for us to think about hmm. for the future. It's a good thing you took that card of the woman <laughs> who organized us the rallies and then spoke to her. <laughs> they have buildings for rallies and stuff and um, uh, lots of space for for rallies to happen. For so activities. It's something to think about um, that we might consider doing next yes. year So because it's convenient for us. Um, so Let, visiting Amana yes, colonies let's talk about themselves. That. Okay. So what we happened to do was really mainly just walking the main shopping strip mm -hmm. and visiting all the shops and having some uh, dining and wine tasting experiences. There is a lot more that you can do. You can go to um, the main visitor center and you get for 25 bucks, you get a tour and, and you can go to see a lot, a lot of historic sites around, mm -hmm. around this area. And we didn't, we didn't do that. We spent our time uh, with wine tastings mainly and food. Eating and drinking. Uh, <laughs> let it, let's say though, for anyone, and this was a bit of a challenge for you and I as both gluten-free and dairy-free individuals, uh, this is German food and that doesn't, <laughs> and German beer, all of which are incredibly good. They have some really wonderful family-style restaurants mm -hmm. uh, over in Amana as well. It is difficult if you are on a specialized diet. So just kind of keep that in mind. Now, the the wine is in abundance. So you can make up for your lack of gluten and dairy offerings by just going to all the wineries. I think in the like the, the main strip, we probably encountered 
four or five, maybe six wineries. Yeah, so the one we want to recommend is the Fireside Winery. Yes. I think that was our probably our favorite tasting experience. Yes. And for 10 bucks, we got five different samples and you got to sort of pick and choose from a list what you wanted and they they give you some sort of palate cleansers in between and oyster cracker kind of hang out well no there was also cheese and there was and cheese and jam, fig jam and, and, and yeah. i don't know how much of that is palate cleansing so much as that packet of oyster crackers is really sure. actually meant to be the palate cleanser sure. okay but, sorry i'm not you know I mean, the wine I'm not, wine I'm not snob. saying not saying but somebody that just started drinking wine a year ago is all of a sudden the you know what jason (laughs) you can learn you can learn basic (laughs) simple things within a year and a palate cleanser between wines is basic listen this is wine in little communion plastic cups right this is not like (gasps) this is not rotating around the glass and watching for the tears and sniffing it and that when Jamie and I went to the other winery, you didn't do the wine tasting yeah. with us. That was teeny tiny solo cups. <laughs> so, which was almost better. So little teeny tiny red solo cups. So yeah. And each winery for the most part is, uh, unless it's specific, they actually have their own brand, their bottling. Pretty much all the wineries are going to be serving the same. I think there's two or three here in the area, two or three wineries and they're obviously going to want to specialize in German wines, which tend to be a little bit on the sweeter side. Uh, so it's a lot of fun, but it's not you're not going to like wine country. You're not going to Sonoma like Jason said. You're not having you are having a good old Midwestern like this is like if the crock pot like casserole church Sunday meals of wine tasting. Yes, that's exactly what this is. And it's good. And that pour, that pour that guy gave Jamie and I when we bought that glass, yes, that was beyond generous. <laughs> that guy was like, here's half the bottle in each one of your glasses. So we also visited the general store, which is a, a cool shop where you can find lots of local craft type items like basically anything made out of honey yeah. that imaginable. Ooh, um, yes. And they also attached to it had a Christmas store that was just like everything traditional German Christmas and every ornament you can imagine. Amazing. It, it was so cool. We went into a store that specializes in wool making. So they had blankets and throws. They had scarves and wraps and just beautiful craftsmanship inside of there. There's also, unfortunately, the day we were there, the furniture store was closed. Uh, the hours... Right now, this is August. The hours here, um, it does seem like this is you're not coming here for late night party. OK, like everyone shuts down. I don't know. Eight. I mean, the stores are like they're, five o'clock. They're like done. single shift days. And yes, the the, uh, the, um, the restaurants probably stay open a little bit later. Yeah, the but tourism still. season is also more hours than the rest of the year. So something to consider. So we also had an excellent meal at the Millstream Brawhouse, Brewhouse, Brawhouse, how do you say it? How do you say that? Brawhouse? Brawhouse. I think it's B-R-A-U, right? Yeah. 
It means brew house. <laughs> it does. And I took a whole semester of German and I couldn't help you out here. Sorry. We had a great meal there. We did. It was very delicious. And the wine was very good. They we had lots of the local wines yes, there. Yes. Lots, mm-hmm. uh, lots of beer too, which we did not partake in. But uh, our company did tell us that it was very delicious. <laughs> it was. And that was one of the reasons that we were in this area is we got to see some friends um, who are uh, full timers that are also local to the area. So they're back here visiting family but then uh we also had some friends traveling through town that stopped to see us so it was a really unique short short little three-day experience where we got to see lots of people and and have just this great time in this little amana colonies we did we made our own very small community here in the few days that we were here and it felt really good to be back on the road because this isn't something we have really done all summer and so to be back traveling and to be meeting up with friends and to be experiencing new places, which is still, speaking of new places, it blows my mind that you have never been over here. I know. And you live an hour 15. And I had no idea what it was. It was not (laughs) what I was expecting. I've been coming to the Quad Cities with you for 15 years. And I finally, I finally experienced LeClaire for the first time this summer. As did I. <laughs> Which is just across the river yeah. from where you live. Yeah. And then now we're experiencing the Amana Colonies. So uh, if you are tailoring back your travels to save some money, consider those local areas yes. that you haven't been to yet. There can be some unique and fun experiences in them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just in and around the Quad Cities, we have two Army Corps of Engineer campgrounds that we really, really like that are right on the Mississippi. And you cannot beat a sunset over the Mississippi River. It's just spectacular. One more thing that we did while we were here is that we went to a Cedar Rapids Colonels game, which is the greatest name for a baseball team. So fantastic. Ever. We went to a it's a baseball team, we should say. It's a my it's a high A. Yeah, they're so, the same league as the Quad City River. They're in the same league as the Quad City River Bandits. Yes, but they're doing better than the Bandits. Quite a bit. The Bandits are in last place. Quite a bit, yes. Uh, but, you know, this is sort of a new thing that we've been doing as well. Yeah. If you've been following for the last few months, we've gone to several minor league sports games. And sort of we started doing that back when we went to to see the Durham Bulls a yeah. couple of years ago. And ever since, we've sort of really enjoyed going to see minor league games because a they're like dirt cheap to go mm-hmm. to i mean the river bandits have free nights free <laughs> nights where admission is free so that let's link this back to that survey that yeah. we were talking about yeah. about how people are doing less activities or kind of scaling things back you can still go to the ballpark and enjoy a really fun baseball game we had a great time and it might not be the big giant major league stadium you know it's not wrigley field it's not yankee stadium but it's the colonels y'all and it was there's some die hard fans the, there the fans and were out strong and, it, so you, and you get to watch the game up close and personal now i i just i just got back from a little one-day excursion up to chicago with my dad Speaking to go see of, a cubs game yes and of course that's an awesome experience and you, you know you're not going to replicate that with a minor league baseball team but for the price difference holy cow and the local yeah. access to be able to do that 
you, it's still a baseball game, folks. They still serve the same Budweiser. They still hit home runs. The food is one area where where it's very similar between major league parks and minor league <laughs> yeah. parks, except for it might be a little cheaper at minor league parks. Yeah, I think not just a little bit cheaper. I think a lot cheaper. $11 beers. Or <laughs> no, it was not $11 at the Colonels. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, it is time for our fresh tank, black tank segment. We'll be right back. Are you tired of overcrowded campgrounds and competing for reservations, paying high fees for sites? Well, ownership is a big trend in RVing that might be right for you. Tennessee Land and Lakes sells large acreage and waterfront RV properties in popular destination spots at amazing prices, 100% ownership. These large acreage properties are designed for privacy and surrounded by some of the most popular attractions in the country. Visit their website to explore ownership options. Tennessee is a great place to make your home base with 0% state income tax. No more calling around for reservations, your property, your way. For details, visit myrvland.land. That's myrvland.land. We are back and it is time to check the level of those tanks. Now, someone did suggest to us that we don't call this our black tank anymore. We call it our composting toilet. That because we're composters. Mm, no, we no, should because be... that's that's too positive for me. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> the composting toilet is a good thing and in the episode. We still have a black tank. It's just we do. We do still have, have a black tank. Solids in it. So, Jason, what is in your black tank? This so, week? my black tank, I came across a post on social media. It wasn't in the RV Miles Facebook group. Um, so, I'm not going to share the actual post here, but it was. Um, somebody who was unhooking their RV. It was a travel trailer at a campground, right? And they forgot to use wheel chocks. And that's very scary. Obviously, you always need to use wheel chocks when you unhook a travel trailer. Um, please don't ever forget to do that. Um, but the result of that happening was really surprising to me and to this person as well. <laughs> the trailer rolled about a foot and a half. It didn't, it didn't go too far because it was on pretty level land. Good. However, the safety chains were still connected to the truck. Uh-oh. The safety chains ripped from the mounts on the trailer, completely ripped off the mounts of the trailer. Oh, no. And That's not supposed to the, happen. The person that posted it was like, what is the point of these things if they're ripping right off the mounts? And so the reason this is my black tank is I know how highly regulated safety chains are how much the the companies that make the physical chains put into having them certified for their breaking strength and mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff and your safety chains are generally going to be uh, a pretty safe item and i've done a lot of research over the years on the rules about safety chains um because a lot of people you know they say things about safety chains that you know, may or may not be true, like the reasons you cross them. Um, you know, it, it's not just about creating a basket to catch the RV. It's it's about reducing sway uh, and keeping the chain shorter when it does release. It's stuff like that. But from that research, I have always found that the way that the chassis manufacturers in the RV industry attach the safety chains to the chassis never seems to fit the legal requirements that I've read in the many different codes across the country 
for vehicles. Usually it says it must be two attachment points and often it's one. Our travel trailer only had one attached. It was, mm-hmm. it was, you know, one length of chain that went to the there and back. So it had hooks on both ends, but it was only attached in the middle at one point to the trailer. That's actually against the motor vehicle code in most states. So stuff like that, that makes me wonder how much, if at any, do they test these connections? And this person had two sort of uh, round welded connections that the tra- that the, the the chains were attached to, and those ripped right off the chassis. It's almost like someone should do a video on this and discuss it further. Because you want me to make another video? I did not say you. I said a person. A person. Okay. A person of. About six to oh, okay. Some people thought was named Miles ah! for the longest time. Anyway, that's that's Maybe that person. That's my black tank. All right. Well, what is your and it's a very scary black tank. I'm very thankful for those people that their rig only went the short distance and yeah. didn't nobody was hurt. But yeah, that's terrifying. All right, Jay, what is in your fresh tank this week? My fresh tank is this stuff. This is uh from it's called Kinders is the brand. It's it's seasoning. It's just a salt, pepper, and garlic blend. They just call it the blend. And we get this at Costco. It's very affordable for the amount that you get in mm-hmm. here. It is impossible to replicate this amount of salt, pepper, garlic on your own for the price that they sell it for. I think it's currently on sale for four fifty at Costco. So and I, it's organic, I believe, too, right? <laughs> yes, it, it, is, yes. it is certified organic. And I put this on everything. You put that. I put this on, on everything. everything. This is for anything that goes on the grill, Blackstone, anything like that. Saute pan in the oven, veggies, meat. Uh, we put it on everything. Big fan. They have other blends as well that you can pick up at Costco as well. But this is our, our I think it's our third can of the stuff and it's great. Yeah. It's called Kinder's The Blend Salt Pepper and Garlic. It is delicious. Get it. You will be very happy you did. What is in your black tank this week? Okay, Abigail? my black tank. Let's go back to the corn. Okay, so we are we are surrounded by corn. We have been enjoying being outside in the evening. And the last couple evenings, it's getting very moist. Everything is just covered in moisture. And I learned that from our friends that there is a thing called corn sweat that the corn lets off uh, dew, lets off moisture. Yes. And it's covering all of our things. Like it's just, and I feel like corn sweat is uh, the wrong word to call it. We should be calling it corn breath. Like that's really what it is. Like the corn is breathing on me at night. People might just think it's humidity. I pulled up a stat on this because I saw that you had this on the list. So single acre of corn. One acre can add 4,000 to 6,000 gallons of water into the atmosphere yeah. per day. How many acres do you think is surrounding us It right increases now? the dew point. Being near cornfields increases the dew point by 5 to 10%. You are sitting there and it's like you can feel the corn breath coming for you <laughs> in this campground. And by 8, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, you're just... It's just muggy corn breath, like on everything. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I didn't, 
it makes 100% sense. Not something I've ever thought about. But now it's one of those things that now I know it, I can't unknow it. And so when I'm surrounded by corn, I'm just gonna be like this. You corn, think it's breathing on you? It's gonna breathe. You don't like when people breathe on you. I don't. Oh, hard pass. <laughs> hard pass on snuggling you know, that involves your face <laughs> near mine. Hard pass. All right. What's in your fresh tank this week? Okay. So I want to fresh tank this uh, because I think uh, this community was so vital. Uh, but we just celebrated the three year anniversary of when you got sick and my not when you uh, had that brain surgery and no cardia. And we spent three months in my not after that. And life was amazing because you were here, but life was just also awful at the same time. And there was a lot going on, but uh, we celebrated or actually we didn't even we forgot. We, we forgot. And I think that's actually a really beautiful yeah. thing that as time passes, you, these things don't become so like in the forefront of your life. But I just feel like specifically here on the podcast, because everyone, so many of you lived this with us. You allowed us a space to go to, to talk. You allowed me that episode where I just kind of spilled all of my fears and shared with you what was happening because of that. I just felt like I, I just wanted to fresh tank the fact that we're all here still three years later and so thankful for that. I, I couldn't be more thankful for the, the support that the RV Miles community gave my family to help us uh, to help us through that time it was wonderful to still be able to do this work and still talk to y'all during that time. And, um, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's been a blessing. Um, every Feels... day is a blessing. It's been a blessing for how, how much we've grown since then. And, uh, and just happy to keep going. Feels like yesterday and a million years ago. And who knows next year, we may not even remember it at all. Who knows? Probably not though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for this week's episode of the RV Miles Podcast. Yes, it is. Thank you for joining us again for another, my gosh, we're almost at episode 250, Jason. Can you believe that? That is wild. And we couldn't do it without you. So thank you so much for spending time with us each and every week, truly from the bottom of our hearts. We are so thankful for you. If you would like to talk more with Jason, uh, with Jason and I, the best place to do that is in the RV Miles Facebook group that is always linked in the description for the podcast or in the description for the video, however you're watching this. Come on over there and tag us and let's talk about this episode or anything else that you'd like to talk about going on in the RV world. If you are headed to Amazon, will you please consider taking us with you? You can go to amazon.com slash shop slash RV miles and anything you buy there, either in our store or out there in the Amazon universe, we get a little kickback. Other than that, thank you so much for being here this week. Stay safe, watch out for that corn breath and keep logging those RV miles. Bye everybody.